Welcome to the Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Bolin. Welcome back. So today we happen to have a wonderful astrologist by the name of Jill LaLiberté on our show today. Thank you so much for being here, Jill. Thank you, Janine. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's really exciting. I've been talking it up to anybody who will sit still long enough about how much I enjoy your readings. They're very practical. They help business owners. They help people who are psychics that do readings for people. They kind of let folks know how their clients are going to be affected by the various energies. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule because you're quite engaged to fill us in a little bit on not only the Chinese New Year, but also a bonus that you have offered to us. Wasn't expecting it, and I'm thrilled that you are going to offer us a bonus after you finish with the, the Year of the Dog. Learn how to live your future now through purposeful change with the Eight Gates. This world guarantees changes will happen in your life, and the Eight Gates guides you through these changes safely. It's done with clarity and direction through customized programs involving face-to-face meetings, online classes, book tutorials, meditation techniques, spiritual awakening, and a vast referral network of shamans, psychics, healers, and spiritualists to fit your individual needs. This process of transformation is available to you today. Book a free 30-minute phone consultation at the8gates.com. Tell us a little bit about the Chinese New Year that we just crossed over into and what you know about that, and then let us know about that bonus round that you have coming to us. (laughs) Okay, great. Absolutely. Happy to help. So we just celebrated the Chinese New Year of the Earth Dog on February 16th, 2018. And I love history, too, when it comes to a lot of this. So the history for the Chinese New Year calendar goes back to 2637 BC. So this is a, a lunar, it's based on the, on, the, on the moon cycle versus the solar cycle of the Gregorian calendar that we use today, the 12 month cycle. And within that cycle, it's actually a 60 year cycle that consists of two separate cycles interacting with each other. So you have one part of that, it includes five elements which are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And then you have the 12 zodiac animals that's associated with that. And the 12 zodiac animals are the rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig in that order. And there's actually really a lovely story called the Heavenly Gate Race where the Jade Emperor selected 12 animals and the first 12 that entered through the gate would be the the ones for the Zodiac. So that's a little bit of background with the history. So again, the Chinese Lunar New Year is based on the moon cycle and it's celebrated in China for about a week. And it's actually kind of nice, a part of their tradition, they will um, clean up to the holiday because they want to bid farewell to the previous year. And then once the new year begins, they will avoid any cleaning and sweeping and washing because they don't want to wash away their good luck for the year. So there's a lot of celebrations and and, um, uh, parades and uh, elaborate meals. And then they always give the gift of money and a red, red envelope for prosperity and good fortune. So in 2017, uh, the year that we're just coming out of was the year of the yin fire rooster. And what we're just coming out of is is a lot of, uh, I would say, certainly more turbulent energy than what we're moving into. But the rooster energy was all about strutting your stuff and waking up. And then I had to kind of chuckle to myself when one of the keywords that became really prominent in 2017 was the word woke, W-O-K-E, which was kind of interesting correlating with that rooster energy. But in 2018, with what we just are moving into it's the it's the young earth dog year and so the other interesting thing that happened was um, this new year also aligned with a solar eclipse with the Chinese New Year as well 
And so what that means is that what is hidden can come into the light this year. And it's under the influence of the vigilant dog that truth can be sniffed out and integrity is rewarded. So I love that. So let's look at the two, break this down really quick. So we have the earth dog. Let's look at what the earth element means and and then combine that with the dog characteristics. So the earth elements, or some people refer to this year as the brown dog or the yellow dog, because uh, those are the colors associated with the elements. And in uh, Chinese philosophy, the five elements, which are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, which I work with for my acupuncture practice. But in Chinese philosophy, they believe these are the fundal, fundamental elements of everything of how the universe uh, interacts. So that earth element is very grounding, it's all about security, it's about sustenance being, you know, it's what gives us sustenance not only for our body but for our mind. You know, it's the energy of mom, it's the energy of the earth mother, of our motherland. So that's going to be playing an important role for the theme for 2018 in Chinese astrology as well. It's that our earth mother is going to be speaking up and we need to listen to her with what she needs and what she wants. That earth energy can be really slow moving at times. It can feel, you know, kind of heavy, a heaviness to it. But it's also with that earth is always very, very practical as well, which I think we could use some some more common sense in all of our lives and with what's going on in the papers today as well. <laughs> yes, I think Benjamin Franklin was always talking about how common sense isn't so common. So, yes, I agree. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I haven't heard that. Makes, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so the characteristics for the dog element of this is, you know, we think dog is man's best friend. So there's a lot of loyalty and compassion and friendliness that's associated with dogs. You know, dogs spelled backward is God. And, you know, dogs are great expressions of unconditional love. Um, they're very loyal, loyal, they're patient, and they're reliable. They do have amazing healing abilities, too, which I think a lot of people either don't remember or don't realize is um, all of your animals, whether they're cats or dogs, are always have a sense of healing and working on their owners as well to help them feel better, too. And, you know, animals are really hard workers, so it's about being really responsible. Animals are really good communicators. And, and then also to think of, you know, think of your dog, um, if you have a dog, but, you know, dogs can be really excited when they, and want to do stuff, and then they're going to, you know, get tired and take a break, and then they're going to wake up and be all, have that fun puppy energy, and then they're going to need a nap. So you might find where you get up and get going, and you start something, and then you might need to take a nap, and then you get up and you're refreshed, and, you know, so there might be a little of that stop-start kind of energy as well with the, with the dog energy. And there's always a low side to everything as well. Um, there's a high and a low vibration to things. And to me, the first thing I thought of when I heard it was going to be the dog year on, on the low side, it's like, oh, it could be a really dog eat dog year. And as an example of that, actually Donald Trump was born under um, a dog year. He's a fire dog. And that's probably a little bit more of his energy of, of, um, that can be very you know, competitive and dominant in the, in the business environment. But overall, the year for the Earth Dog is actually pretty positive and harmonious. And so, again, it's really about honoring those cycles of action and rest and um, uh, that can help to create that your stability in your world and have a more of a fun-loving approach to life no matter what. Just like dogs are just very – I used to have a lab and loved him dearly. And, you know, he woke up every day and every day was a new day for Cosmo. You know, he just, just everything was always fun and bright and shiny new. So the other question I get asked, too, when it comes to the Chinese New Year is, is it good luck to be born during the sign of that current year? And in Chinese um, astrology, it's actually, if you were born during the year of the dog, it's usually, and I'm not sure exactly why, but it's usually not one of your uh, best years that's available to you. And I, and I don't know why, but that I have found that that has been a consistent uh, being with other people and with myself personally when I was, I'm a year of the dragon. And when it was the dragon year, it wasn't my, my best year. So just a little fair warning. But there are other zodiac animals 
that are very compatible with the dog. The animals that do get along with dogs are, are the rabbits, tigers, and horses. So if you were born under, under one of those years, it could be a very auspicious year for you. And then the animal that does not mesh with the dog is the rooster, what we're just coming out of. So that could be problematic for people born under the year of the rooster. And then I always like to end with a list of um, some famous people that were born under the year of the dog. So we have uh, Winston Churchill, who was born uh, under the wood dog year. Mother Teresa, under the gold dog year, which would be the fire sign. I'm sorry, the metal sign. Um, Elvis Presley, and then we have three presidents that were born in 1946 under the fire dog. So you have Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, and George W. Bush, and then also Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg was born in 1946 under the fire dog as well. And then we have um, Madonna, Michael Jackson, and Justin Bieber. So that's quite a heavy hitting list. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, and um, and then I love seeing Mother Teresa on there too. Um, um, you know, she's very just very very grounding, very loyal to the people that she served, and uh, a very very real person. Well, thank you so much, first of all, because when I first met you, wow, four four years ago. I was just so impressed. Uh, one of the things I wanted to tell the listeners was that up until that point, I only trusted my mother with anything astrology because I saw the great pains she went to to make sure that things were accurate and how much effort she put into it. And I'm not saying there weren't other people out there. It was just a hang-up of mine. And then when I met Jill Liberté and she did my reading, I was just absolutely blown out of the water. And then when I found out she also did acupuncture and that you also engage in esoteric acupuncture and I had uh, surgery and I healed so fast after that with some of the work that you've done. Yeah, to say that I'm sold and a rabid foam at the mouth kind of fan is an understatement (laughs) (laughs) for your your work. So so the fact that you made time so you could come on to the show to tell us a little bit about the Year of the Dog, which was something I'm not as familiar with. I wanted to say thank you very much for your wisdom regarding that. So the thing that uh, Jill surprised me with today, she's like, if we have enough time, would you be willing for me to also talk about Western, you know, astrology? And I was like, oh, you've got time? Yeah, you bet. So thank you so much for the bonus round for everyone. And and whatever you want to share about what 2018 has in store for us uh, Canadians and and North Americans for for this year? You know, what are the energies that will be cycling around for uh, not only business owners, but just as individuals? Oh, absolutely. And I do, I love giving the overview forecast for the astrological year because it's really important to know what you know, this way you can actually work with some uh, foresight versus hindsight and be a little bit prepared of uh, the energy that's out there. And if you already have plans or things that you want to do, you can also do them in alignment with the energy so you can really make the best of the situation. And I I will have to say really quick, uh, the admiration is mutual, my dear. I love and adore you and all that you do and all that you bring to the table. I'm just in constant awe of everything that you do. Uh, I don't know how you do it all, but um, you do with such uh, grace and fun and joy. I aspire to be like you, believe me. (laughs) And with that beautiful love fest, Okay. <laughs> so 2018. Now I'm embarrassed. Now I'm embarrassed. So moving on. No, back to no. <laughs> well, it's a good thing it's the radio. We can't see you blush. You're right. <laughs> okay. So 2018. I'm going to kind of start with some of the outer planets and then move to the inner planets. But the, the biggest, one of the larger themes in 2018 is we have, we're going to be having all of the outer planets, which would be Jupiter, Saturn. Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, all in Earth and water signs. So most of those uh, planets have been in a lot of uh, fire and air signs. And since we're we're switching to more of that Earth and water sign, it's a sign of contraction. 
So, you know, the fire and the air signs is about expansion and uh, especially with some of the fire signs that we've had lately, you know, fire can be very chaotic. And now that earth and water is going to be very grounding and very contracting. It's the exhale. You know, the inhale is the fire and the air. The exhale is the earth and the water, the contraction. It's time to settle down, take all those great ideas and thoughts and really be able to ground them out. Saturn. Saturn moved into the sign of Capricorn on December 19th of 2017, and it'll stay in Capricorn for roughly two and a half, three years. It kind of goes in and out of it, but let's just say three years to make things easy. So Saturn, and I have little um, nicknames for my planets. So Saturn, I lovingly call my grumpy grandpa planet because (laughs) he's the, the planet of cold, hard reality, 3D. He wants to make sure that your T's are crossed, your I's are dotted. It's about your foundation, uh, which is really important. And he's moving into its, its home sign of Capricorn. So, um, so that the planet and the energy of the sign that it flavors is at home. So it kind of brings out the highest and best. So, with um, Saturn moving into Capricorn, there's a lot of themes going on with that, and it's and it's it's kind of interesting how there's there's the um, crossover between the Chinese astrology and then the uh, Western astrology with that very grounding force energy of the Earth energy. But Saturn is all about structure, foundation, boundaries, which are huge, limitations. It's about uh, you know uh, Saturn always helps us to the next level of maturity. So uh, one of my favorite things is uh, when people ask me who I am, I say, well, I'm a a child of God learning to become an adult of God. Um, (laughs) And so with Saturn and Capricorn, we're all going to be learning the next level of what it means to be an adult of God. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and Saturn, since it, it is the, the planet of cold, hard reality, I, and I just, just say this with, you know, tongue in cheek and I just, you know, smile and grin because there are so many different, uh, levels and understanding of what reality is. And all of that is going to be becoming more real, haha, on all of those different levels. So all this talk, you know, on the more mundane about fake news, we will actually start learning what actual, what real news is, what the real facts are. And that includes all the veils that are lifting for all the illusion that we're under as well. So many, many multiple layers of how to interpret that, how um, real things are going to be and what the real reality is. So I just, I just love that. And you can already see things happening regarding that energy as well. The other thing with the Saturn and Capricorn is about you being, it's about you being the adult. And the, and again, like your chickens are coming home to roost. So if you haven't been tending to this to business, the consequences of your past actions are going to come up and hit you in your face. Um, and if you aren't being the adult in the room, you are going to be getting schooled by the adult in the room to grow up, show up, be responsible, and take care of business. And Lord knows we, the, the entire planet needs that right now. And then I'm going to get on my little soapbox here for, for a minute, too, because to me, here, it's allow me to help happy. you up. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm welcome. short. I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm really, I'm like 4'11", so I'm going to be a good hoist. So, um, <laughs> actually, this, I'm kind of chuckling, going up on top of the soapbox to talk about grounding. But to me, I really feel this is especially important in the spirit world, because in the, in the spiritual community, which I love and is my family, there can be a lot of people that love to stay in the ethers and the connection with spirit, which is lovely and beautiful. But if we can't ground that out and be able to show up and be able to communicate on the more mundane level, that information is lost. And it's so important for the spiritual community to be fully in their body, to fully honor their body, to fully, you know, be in their legs, feel their feet on Mother Earth and connecting with Mother Earth right now because we can anchor that beautiful higher vibration with the Mother Earth right now because there's a large part of the population that are too physically into their body and overly engaged with those lower chakra energies of, you know, sex, money, greed, dominance, 
and things like that, and they need to bring their energy up. So if we can come down and anchor that in, it will help push them up as well. Thank you so much for saying that because what I have noticed in my own business is how incredibly busy I've become just teaching people the basics in the spiritual community of how to ground because Mm -hmm. they have had so many traumatic experiences where their best form of escape of the discomfort has been to meditate, to fly up into the ethers. And so when you ask people to ground, it can be uh, quite difficult for them because safe has been up, you know, higher vibrations have been safe. And what I'd like to share with folks is that it is now safe to come down and it is now safe Mm -hmm. to get into your body. And a lot of it can be done through either Kundalini yoga, Vedic yoga, get into an exercise program of some kind, uh, lift weights, run, just the physicality of the body. Really pay attention when you eat an orange. You know, (laughs) really bring in all your senses to bear. So that's, that's the thing that I think will really help, especially when you were describing the energies that are going to be moving through 2018. So thank you for letting me uh, get on my little soapbox about that. (laughs) As you were saying, my dear, moving on. (laughs) Yeah. No, of course, your body is your temple. It houses your soul. And, you know, take care of your temple. You don't go into a temple temple and and disgrace it. But, yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And and I think that's, um, you know, when you come from the more spiritual, I think that's one of the latter things that we really start to be honored is being in that physical. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely Saturn and Capricorn, very, very physical, very grounding. And then I think the last thing I'll say for this, too, with this energy, it also has connections with the infrastructure of the U.S. For all infrastructure. So, you know, this is about roads and bridges that have um, need repair and tending to and buildings and also the financial stability or instability that we're going through as well. So, yeah, Saturn is one of the big heavy hitters. And then also, too, one last thing about Saturn, because I have such respect and honor for Saturn, because in, in astrology, he can be, you know, he's a taskmaster, but he's also... I know Saturn is represents represents our elders, and I hold our and I know you do as well, Janine. Most especially, I hold our, it's holding our elders in esteem. It's about wisdom. You know, Saturn brings that wisdom and that knowledge. And what I usually recommend to people when they're having a really difficult Saturn transit, and it's usually about dealing, you know, it's about heavy, it's about mundane stuff that is a lot of responsibilities and things like that. And I always encourage them. I'm like, you know, what you want to do is during these times is you want to seek the advice of elders who have already walked in your steps and they will help you on their way because, you know, usually they're they're dealing with the mundane. It's not like they're um, creating a wheel or anything. So, um, and I always equate it to, you know, that elder role from my, from my parents. They would do anything for my nieces and nephews, but they can't do anything until they're asked. The minute, you know, they come over, you know, Grandma, Grandpa, will you help us with, you know, fill in the blank, they will adore them with information and finances and support and all sorts of stuff. So if you find yourself kind of beating your head against the wall with the mundane stuff of the world, seek an elder's advice and and, um, let them help you. Okay. Uh, So any questions on Saturn and Capricorn? No, just thank you for helping bring the ancients and the and the elders into the equation. Frequently in in our society, I've seen where that hasn't been used fully and much to the detriment of the next generation. So thank you for the reminder. Always a good one to have. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, love and adore Saturn, the elders. And then I just want to touch on quickly, too, on October 10th of 2017 through October of this year, Jupiter, the planet of um, expansion and gifts and abundance and opportunities, moved into the sign of Scorpio. So this is another overlying theme for the year as well. Jupiter is also the planet it deals with, um, like, our morals, ethics, expansion, and truth. And in the sign of Scorpio... Scorpio rules sex, death, and taxes. It's about power, control, manipulation, and dealing with our shadows. 
And I found it kind of interesting too when when Saturn, I'm sorry, when Jupiter moved into Scorpio, is when all of the underbelly of the you know the uh, Weinstein came up in the press, and we're hearing a lot about this you know sexual abuse that have been that has been um, hidden, and all these really. Um, for most people, I, I think they find it, you know, very horrific and hard to talk about and, you know, these really deep, dark secrets. And Jupiter and Scorpio is just going to put a microphone under, uh, not a microphone, um, uh, magnifying glass <laughs> and a microphone, a megaphone actually, and really bring it up so people can heal. It's like, it, there's, you know, there's a lot of perhaps you could say ugly conversations, but to me, I feel it's really healing. It's like this stuff has to come out. It has to breathe. We have to talk about it in order to heal and move on. And, and we've, things are shifted and we we're in, we can't go back to that energy again. We've, we've, you know, crossed the tipping point with that. And that's so, so important for things to that come out and be healed in that fashion. Uh, and then I also, also thought it was kind of funny too, because when Jupiter moved into Scorpio, the part of the talk was actually about the death tax uh, <laughs> as well. <laughs> and, and, yes, taxes, yeah, and, and the whole tax reform too. You know, this right. is all Jupiter and Scorpio, so it's like all very, it's, you know, just kind of funny how, you know, it just never ceases to amaze me how the themes astrologically show up in the mundane world and how, you know, it's all interconnected. Then the two, um, let's see, we have three planets going retrograde this year, and then we have actually five uh, eclipses. We normally have four each year, uh, um, two solar and two lunar um, this year we have an extra solar eclipse, but there there's two planets that go re- that are going retrograde this year that don't normally go retrograde that I really want to focus most of the attention on because again this is going to help with uh, timing of things and again the overall energy of what to expect and how to manage it. For me, the big one is we have uh, the planet Mars going retrograde starting June 26th through August 27th. Um, and this is, I'm going to have to get a little technical, but uh, um, so those are the exact dates. I'm going to go over that in a minute. But um, there's actually like a shadow part before that planet goes retrograde and then afterward. So essentially, we're going to be dealing with this Mars energy starting May 27th through October 8th. So that's a a large chunk of time. So I'm going to break this down. So Mars is a planet, it's a very young planet. It's a uh, a warrior planet. It's about outward moving energy. It's the um, planet of war, action, impulse. It wants to start, initiate, do. And it it represents our drives, our motivation, aggression, assertiveness. Um, and it's how we p- pursue our desires. So it starts the retrograde at nine degrees Aquarius, and it backs up into um, and turns direct at 28 degrees Capricorn. So it's going to be going in and out over a couple different degrees. So bear with me, uh, and I apologize. Uh, astrology can get really detailed and convoluted really quickly, and I'm going to do my best to just... Um, give you the essence of it and not get too caught up in, in um, too much of the minutiae. So Mars in the sign of Aquarius. So that flavoring, when it starts to go retrograde, Mars in Aquarius is all about like this really cool inventor kind of energy. You know, Mars in, in Aquarius wants to invent and create things. You know, he, he's the person tinkering out in the garage in the middle of the night, you know, making, making stuff. They also have, you know, people that have a Mars and Aquarius um, in their rift chart. It's, it's, uh, it's about g- these really genius ideas for how a society should be run. And they're, they're really good about thinking out of the box and coming up with some really creative solutions. And they definitely want to fight because Mars is the warrior. They want to fight for just causes. And uh, so it, it starts with that energy and then it backs up and crosses back into Mars and Capricorn. And Mars in Capricorn is very, oh gosh, it's very practical. 
Um, it's very responsible and very methodical in the way it approaches something. Um, you know, this is more of like your traditional, like, you know, uh, business executive, you know, uh, climbing the corporate ladder. They have their goals. They know what they want to do. They know how to get there. I have to have this degree. They need this kind of uh, experience and things like that. Everything is very planned. Everything is very practical. It's very goal-oriented, focused. It's definitely not afraid to do hard work. And it, it, you know, it helps to give this drive to succeed. So when we kind of blend this energy, because it, first it starts in, uh, first we experience that Mars and Capricorn that's very practical. We know how to go after things. We want to succeed. It moves into Mars and Aquarius. And then it kind of wants to throw, uh, throw out some of the, um, um, it's learning about not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, oh, we can do something new. You know, this old way of doing things is very, very stuffy and very rigid, and we need to breathe some new life into it. And it backs back into Capricorn, where it's like, no, I think we really need to keep these parts of the equation. And then it finally finishes up in Mars and Aquarius and says, oh, okay, we'll take that, but we're going to do a new twist on it. This is a new paradigm. And part of what uh, I tell people, too, anything pre-2012, you have to upgrade to the new paradigm. So this, this, that's part of, in essence, what this energy will be helping us do is uh, setting new goals and directions um, with that new paradigm energy of where we're going and bringing in more unity with that, too, because Aquarius is, is all about a unifying force and making sure everybody is is included in that plan. Was that too confusing? I hope not. No, you did a very good job of explaining it. I, I like the fact that you put dates on it because as an author, one of the things my publisher has talked to me about has been, you know, your book was published in 2005 and we need to update it. And so I've already heard that message and it never hurts to hear it again, you know, especially when you hear it from this perspective of time to bring it into the new paradigm. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple more things I just want to mention about the Mars. I want to actually explain a little bit more about what the meaning of the Mars retrograde and the best use and caution under that, and then we can look at Venus. So Mars, I forgot to mention, uh, Mars goes retrograde about once every two uh, two years or so, and it'll stay and it'll spend about um, eight months in that sign. And like and like I said, this this year is a little tricky because it's, it's it's going in and out of two different signs. But the other thing that makes this Mars retrograde even more intense that this is the closest to the Earth that Mars has been since 2003. So this is really going to increase the intensity of this energy. Um, and I really should probably stop and say here, if you have not heard the term retrograde or not for, or, um, or have, I just want to briefly say what retrograde means. Uh, retrograde does not mean that the planets are actually going backwards in the sky. Uh, it is an optical, uh, an optical illusion. So it's like if you were driving down the highway in the, in the fast lane and you pass somebody in the slow lane, you look in your rearview your, your rear mirror and it appears that the car is moving Um, you know, backwards. That's the optical illusion. In order for this to happen, the planet that's retrograde is at its closest orbit um, to the Earth during that time frame. So what happens in the retrograde, that whatever planet is retrograde, is the energy of that planet, we get bombarded with more of that energy than we're used to synthesizing. And and that's why we have difficulties with this because it's it's coming in much much louder and more intense than we're used to, and we don't know how to manage it. So um, that was very well explained. Well done. Oh, good. Thank you. So the the Mars retrograde is about and and the retrograde there's always the re r e so it's about re something. So it's about um, reviewing the way that we handle anger, self defense, self motivation and sexual relationships. And uh, with the Mars retrograde, our energy level can sometimes be lower because that, that focus is turned more inward because uh, Mars is that young energy of action, got to go, got to do. So again, uh, especially during these times of June 26th through August 27th during the exact retrograde, you might find that you might not have as much energy. And uh, because the energy is more de- uh, depletes your vitality. It's never a good time, not the ideal, if you can if you can avoid it, to initiate or start something new. 
because it just doesn't have the energy for that, uh, uh, you know, project or, you know, the love affair or whatever um, to, uh, uh, doesn't have the initiate to, um, to do an air go anywhere with it. So essentially whoever initiates something during this time frame loses. So like if you initiate a new project uh, or a war, whoever starts the war during this time frame, automatic loser. So just be aware of that. It's just going to be, it's going to go as at the speed of an iceberg. That's the energy of the Mars retrograde. Everything just takes so much more longer. So you really need to um, practice a lot of patience with this. So don't be going and remodeling your house during this period of time. That can be a little tricky because re it has the word re in it. Oh, see, so uh-huh. thank you for educating uh-huh. me. Thank yeah, so so you know it's all it's about redoing. So like the like the best uses for this is to um, to, to research, rethink, and remodel your strategies. Okay, because ah. Mars is the planet of strategy. Like in ancient times, if they were at battle what they would do is they would pull the the soldiers from the field during the Mars retrograde and they would ask them, you know, what's working in the field and what's not working in the field and they would come up with a new strategy. And then when Mars turned direct, they would put them back in the field of battle with the new strategy. It's like, you know, this guy's going over here and things like that. So it's a really good time to analyze that. And, you know, living in the U.S., it's always about moving forward in current progress and never stopping and reevaluating anything. And that's, I think, another beautiful part of what astrology brings to the table is to help us realize that. So um, it's a great time to look at your, relook at your, your strategy. You can also reflect on how you normally handle anger or frustration. Uh, because Mars is the planet of war, it's the planet of anger. I mean, it's just one of our one of our emotions that we need to deal with. You know, so you need to blow up and move on. You hold it in and let it fester. How are you managing your anger? So usually, first and foremost, I think it's most helpful to recognize that you're angry and then finding a healthy outlet for it. I always caution during this time, do not engage in road rage. During these Mars retrograde periods, I've been through enough of them. I've been studying astrology since 92. This is the planet I have the most difficulty with because I'm so sensitive to what's going on in the skies. The frustration and the anger, um, the violence, you know, and and I I apologize. These are all the lower energies of of that planet, you know, domestic abuse. Um, during this time, it's just, it's usually a spike in all of those areas. So please don't engage in road rage. Please check your, you know, check your anger and where you're at. And, you know, use your words, people. Use your words. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> As a mother, I'm used to saying that with my children. So there you I, go. Use your words. <laughs> <laughs> You could uh, reevaluate how you do things, you know, how we make things happen. You know, do we plan and then act? Do you rush your act? Um, Let's see, for legal matters, you know, again, you don't want to start, like, if you have a lawsuit or something, you don't want to start the lawsuit during that time frame because because you initiate it, you'll lose or just get dragged on forever um, and cost you a lot of time and money and a lot of heartache. It's another uh, higher end uh, time for this is to, you know, go back and complete unfinished business and pick up resources or find resources in yourself that will, that you'll need to uh, push forward when, um, when that energy turns direct. So some really nice ways to handle this retrograde is actually you can go back over situations either in your mind or in reality with people and do things again and again while making the corrections in the way you would have liked to handle the events in the past. Let's see, if you are normally non-assertive, you could be uh, forced into defending yourself. So um, the high side of this energy is that it can give you tremendous staying power to see something through to the end. And it can also help give you real insight as to the true motivation of others as well. So, yeah, so Mars retrograde is really tricky. So be careful of your actions and use your words. And I, I think that's all I need to say about Mars unless I get pinged to, to add anything else here. 
No, that's nothing to be going on with with that planet. That's that's a yeah. lot right there. <laughs> it is, you know. Well, Mars it's it's a heavy duty one. There's a lot going on, it, um, and I guess you know, be care, you know, it rules. Uh, it does rule machi- machinery and like knives and things that are sharp. So also caution if um, you are planning any surgeries. Not an ideal time at all to get a surgery, especially elective. You know, if something happens, you know, that's what needs to happen. But don't um, schedule a surgery during that time if, um, if you don't need it. Okay. Sorry about that. Looking at, um, so that's mostly spring, summer, and into early fall energy. So that's, a, that's a large time frame. That's a long, long chunk of this year. The Venus retrograde is in the last quarter. So Venus goes retrograde about once every 18 months for about 40 days. So Venus enters the shadow period on September 2nd, right as soon as Mars is coming out of its shadow period. And it goes retrograde on October 5th at 10 degrees Scorpio, turns direct on November 16th at 25 degrees Libra, and then it leaves the shadow period on September 17th. So thank you for your patience and let me say some dates for you. Venus is the planet of love. You know, it's, the, it's what we're attracted to. It's all about relationships, money, self-worth, self-value, love, beauty, peace, harmony, beauty, grace. Uh, Venus represents the pleasure principle, sensuality. Uh, it's about affection and approval. And so again, just like Mars was kind of going in and out of two signs, so is Venus. It first enters the sign of uh, uh, Venus in Libra, and then it's going to go into Scorpio, and it'll stop and go back and retrograde back into Libra, and then it'll go forward and, and then move back into Scorpio again and finish in Scorpio. Huge difference between Venus in Libra and Venus in Scorpio. Venus in Libra, which is what it first starts in, is like Aphrodite. You know, she's the lady of love and beauty and aesthetics and appearance. You know, Venus in Libra, it, it, there's a strong need for a relationship. It's about learning about yourself in relationship. It's about wanting peace and harmony and, uh, uh, you know, being very creative, non-confrontative in Venus and, and Libra. And it's very, um, you know, just very lovely and very nice and, and very, very beautiful and very flowing, very romantic. Venus and Scorpio is anything but that. Uh, Venus and Scorpio is, oh yeah, it's like very... It's almost a schizophrenic kind of relationship when she when she in retrograde this year. She, yeah, definitely. Well, like Venus and Libra is like, you know, you go, you have, when you're out on a date and you're having dinner and you're all dressed up and everybody looks lovely and this nice conversation at dinner and all this, you know, you know being very flattery and, and romantic and all that stuff. Venus and Scorpios, after the date, when you guys go home and the lights go out and the, and the clothes come off and you go under the sheets, that's Venus and Scorpio. <laughs> it's like things just got real, you know? <laughs> we are play acting out there. We're going to really get to the really meat and the really good stuff because, you know, your clothes are off and I'm going to see you for who, for, for who you really are now. You know, that's Venus and Scorpio is like wants to go to those, you know, depths of the intensity of the relationship. You know, Venus and Libra. Uh, seeks harmony, Venus in Scorpio turns over the apple cart to look for the wormy, rotten apple because it, he, because you know it's in there. You know, <laughs> it, it's going to go, it's going to uncover the, those shadows and those depths of the emotions and, and the sharing. And it just wants to get to the, you know, the, the bare bone truth, the hidden truth of, the, of those emotional layers. Um, you know, you know, Venus and Scorpio, I mean, on the high side, it's like really being able to merge with your partner at such a level, you know, physically coming together at this really in- intense level while um, your um, soul and your DNA is intertwining above you. I mean, it's like those depths, it's very tantric kind of sex and interconnectedness of, of that kind of relationship. Yeah, so it was really hot and sexy. Um, and, and the low side, you have to be careful with, with Venus and Scorpio, can be very jealous and controlling and very manipulative. So, so it's kind of, it's, so going in and out of these two signs, it's like you're, you're, 
you're conflicted between, you know, having that beauty, but wanting that depth and, oh, that depth is kind of scary. Let's go back to the more superficial. And it's like, okay, well, no, I think I kind of liked it down here in the deep waters. So that's part of what's going on with that Venus energy. So the meaning of the Venus retrograde for Venus it's a chance for you to dig back into your memories about relationships, love, pleasure, joy, hopefully to recover some of that and to retain, to, to, to retain what that is. So I always like to say it's re-remembering your joy, your love, your passion, your art, your self-worth, your self-value. And it also are really good lessons in evaluating the real worth and uh, the real value of people and things in your life. So people really might be showing up, like you might thought somebody was a friend or whatever, and then you realize, you know what, they really just only show up whenever they need money or whenever they need this, and and um, it's a one-way street. So, you know, that information might come up. It's not necessarily time for you to do anything about that relationship. You know, I would say wait until... You know, Venus goes uh, goes direct. So again, Venus goes retrograde October 5th at 10 degrees Scorpio, turns direct on November 16th at 25 degrees Libra. So after that November 16th time frame, if you want to, you know, to have um, not as much interaction with some friends or people, that would be fine too. And then also that Venus retrograde from the financial astrology point of view is a good marker for the bottom of the market. That's good to so, know for those of us yeah. who invest. Thank you. It is, yeah. That's the whole thing. You want to buy low, sell high, right? So, <laughs> <That's> um, <cool. laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, so when it comes to buying things, uh, so the best use for Venus retrograde is to really review your relationships, your pleasures, and your values. It's not a time again to act on them, but just evaluate what's going on. And it's a nice time to reflect on the inner value of your experiences rather than the outer outer display. So it's not so much about the overt, extroverted uh, actions, but more of what you're feeling inside. This is definitely a time uh, when old lovers start calling, uh, whether they actually call or physically show up or you start thinking about them in your mind. Sometimes it can be a time because there's closure or or oftentimes it's just the comfort of the known of that relationship that, that's coming back, back that's needed. Uh, some, some, uh, sometimes some long-forgotten pleasures might come back that, um, to your life. It's like maybe you used to paint and you haven't, hadn't done that for years, and now it's time to start painting again. It's a great time for selling any unwanted items that you haven't had a chance, uh, haven't been able to sell. I was selling some paintings. I was having the hardest time doing it. I was able to sell them under the Venus retrograde, and I made some good money on them. It's a really good time to spend more time with yourself and to love yourself. When it comes to, like, purchases, uh, I would say caution with any large investments, um, buying a house, appliances, any large sums of money. Again, not, it's just not the ideal time unless you really, really know what you're doing. So if you weren't thinking of buying a house and the house comes on the market during this time, you're like, oh, that's a great deal. I'm going to buy it. Probably not a good move. If you're a realtor and you really know the market and the house comes up, and you know that's a really good price and you could you know, buy it and flip it, probably a really good timing for you. If you really know and understand the value and you're not doing a knee-jerk reaction, you'll probably make some money there. This actually is a, another time frame for helping to resolve longstanding uh, legal matters. You can change uh, lawyers under this time frame too. You really might feel like you need more love or approval during this time. Even if you're not, don't, not normally a needy person, during this time it's going to be real. And if you are a needy person to begin with, it's going to be even more um, exaggerated. But you're going to be more sensitive to the approval and disapproval of others. So do keep that in mind during this time and just, you know, do some more self-care for yourself. You know, be more, uh, be more greedy with your time and self-care and take care of yourself and having a spa day and things like that. However, I, I don't recommend starting because, you know, Venus is the planet of beauty. Um, I usually don't recommend buying a whole new wardrobe that you don't normally wear or trying a new um, hair cut that you normally do. Again, mostly because of the energies. And uh, here, this is what I wanted to say, especially too, not an ideal time to get married during these dates, unless you are marrying the same person again. And as an example, not the ideal time to get married during this transit, uh, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt 
for Mary during the Venus retrograde. And, you know, look at how it's kind of interesting. They, you know, that Venus retrograde sometimes can be this fantasy. And so we all had this fantasy with, you know, Jen and Brad and all this American girl and all this stuff. And then they get divorced and people still want them together. And, you know, the evil, evil Angelina Jolie stole, you know, Brad away and all this stuff. And now, and now uh, Jennifer and I can't, and um, Justin Thoreau are breaking up and everyone's like wanting them to get back together. But it's everyone's fantasy of the relationship of what they, uh, that appears, again, it's the appearance of you know this beauty and they have it all but they don't understand they're they're not really feeling and experiencing what the what's really there you know venus and scorpio but what the truth is what is shown right. and what is the truth behind that and i think on that i think i'll end the venus retrograde um there's a solar eclipse at 20 degrees cancer on july 12th there's a uh, lunar eclipse on July 27th at 4 degrees Leo, Aquarius, and then another solar eclipse on August the 11th at 18 degrees Leo. So if you are Leo, Aquarius, or Cancer, Capricorn, those are going to affect you more directly. And But I think we covered the, the really big themes of what you really need to be aware of with the, the Venus-Mars retrograde and the outer planets moving into the earth and water sign of contraction and grounding. Wow. Thank you so much. I, I knew you had a lot, and that's why I wanted to get you on the show. And for those of you who have questions, Jill has a website that she'll be glad to send you to so that you can book your own private reading with her. I highly recommend it. I use it to help with my business planning so that I know when to launch certain programs and when not to. Uh, some people call me a little crazy about that. I really don't care because it works out better when I pay attention <laughs> to these various energies. And then when, when a launch goes slow or things have hiccups, I'm not at all surprised. I can just move through them without as much frustration because of the, the work that Jill does for me. So thank you so much, Jill. How, so say somebody you know, is a Capricorn or Leo uh, or Aquarius and wants to get a hold of you uh, to see how those eclipses are going to work with them, uh, what would be the best way to schedule a time with you? Oh, sure. You can go to my website, which is feathertouchacupuncture.com, or feel free to give me a call. I'll give out my number. It is area code 303-482-6133. So website will give you my link to the um, email and all that, and then you can um, see some of the services I offer for that, or feel free to give me a call, and I'm happy to talk with you, or you can text me as well. Um, just please include your name in the text. That would be appreciated. It's always helpful, but I love your booking system on your website. I can book a time, and it makes it really fast, and then I get the confirmation email. So uh, that's that's one of the things I love about uh, your services. So, Jill, again, thank you so much for coming on to the Practical Mystic Show. I appreciate it. Thank you My for pleasure. your advice and wisdom, and we will be definitely in touch with you in December as we get ready to launch into 2019. <laughs> 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 Until then, I want to say to everyone, thank you so much for joining us on the show, and we'll be in touch. Have a great day. This has been The Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolin. For show notes, resources, and more, visit the 8 Thanks for listening.